0: Theory First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. Today we're talking about fear. What causes you fear? We all have those things, both big and small, that bring us fear. We're continuing our series today called Honest to God. Last week, we began examining the book of Psalms to learn about how to pray through our pain. and We saw that God has a plan for our pain. Today, Pastor Nicole is going to dig into our fears and what we should do when we experience fear, because we do all have fears. Instead of shame or embarrassment, what should we do when we are forced to face the things that cause us fear? That's what she'll discuss today. So let's get started. Here's Pastor Nicole.
1: We are starting this year off um, with studying the book of Psalms in a series that I've titled Honest to God. And what we're talking about, through the whole month of January, is looking at psalms and learning how to pray through um, some really honest feelings at times. Praying through pain, we talked about that last week. Praying through fear, that's today's topic. Praying through um, mistakes is next week. And then finally, we're going to talk about how to pray through the injustices that we see um, in the world. So... Today we're gonna talk about fear. Um, I already had you participate, and I'm so thankful you did. We're gonna talk more about this in a minute, but I have another group activity. Are you ready for it? All right, you don't even have to be excited. You just have to participate. So would you stand up for a moment? It won't be hard. We're gonna take a tiny little survey um, just to get to know each other a little better this weekend. After all, we're family, okay, we're family. Even if you don't know the people next to you, you're worshiping God and your family. And so um, you need to, all you need to do is be incredibly honest. That is the only requirement for this exercise. I am going to say a common fear that people have all across the world and the country. And if you would say, yeah, that gets me too. Like, I'm fearful of that thing also. You're going to sit down, okay? If when I say the thing, you're like, eh, that doesn't bother me at all, you stay standing, got it? Once you sit down, you can stay seated for the rest of the list. I won't make you, like, up, down, up, down, up, down. Listen, there's no judgment on this. It's supposed to be a little fun and to get to know each other better. Deal? Everyone understand? Okay, here's the first one. Spiders. Okay. <laughs> Half the room sat down. If you are afraid of spiders, sit down. If they don't bother you, if you're the one people call to kill the spider, you can stay standing. All right. So some of you, <laughs> okay, spiders. I, I wanted to start big. Okay. Number two, roller coasters. Sit down if you're like, I. Ah, you couldn't pay me enough to go on a roller coaster. Okay. Some of you, raise your hand if you're like, I love roller coasters, take me to the highest one. Holy smokes, look at this room. Okay, all right, I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna see if I can get everyone to sit down. That's my plan. All right, number three, needles. Ne- How many of you are like needles? They just- <laughs> I can do bugs, I can do roller coasters, I can do scary movies, but needles, don't put me near a needle, okay? All right, next one, water. You would say, I will not go on a cruise, I will not get in a life jacket. I I don't even wanna learn how to swim, okay. Next thing, this is mine. If I were playing the game, I would sit. Furry things, like mice or raccoons, or, like I can kill a spider any day of the week. You give me a little mice run across the, I can't even handle, I can't even sleep. Anybody, okay, wow, you guys are if someone standing next to you, say, you're brave, okay? Next one, next one. Public speaking. You're like, Pastor Nicole, I'll come here, you talk every week, but don't give me that microphone. Public speaking. Okay? The rest of you are going to get on my sermon prep list next week. All right, get you signed up. Stay standing. Just kidding. All right. Okay, here we go. Airplanes. Anybody like, I just can't do airplanes. I'm not going to get on an airplane. Okay, not that many, good. I only have two left. Elevators. Anybody always take the stairs? You're gonna take the stairs. 17 flights to your hotel room, you're gonna take the stairs. All right, here's the last one. Anybody just don't prefer the dark? I just don't really prefer the dark. I can do anything with a flashlight. All right, hey, give these guys standing around a round of applause. I couldn't even get them. You can have a seat. Some of you are pretty fearless. All right, well, thanks for playing along. Max Lucado said this, he's a popular Christian author. He said this, "'The presence of fear does not mean you have no faith. Fear visits everyone, but make your fear a visitor, not a resident.'" Make your fear a visitor, not a resident. Today, I want to talk about praying through fear when it comes for a visit. Because whether you stood standing or sat down or whatever those things are, listen, if you're a human, fear comes sometimes. Now, fear is never a welcomed visitor, but we can pray through fear. We can face fear. We can conquer our fear with God's help. And so I want to look at another psalm that David wrote, Psalm 3. Um, And the scripture actually tells us the backdrop and the context of this this prayer that David wrote. I want to tell you about it here. The title of the psalm is this. A psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. So let me remind you what's happening in the scripture. We find this in uh, 2 Samuel chapters 15 through 18. But David, he was in a great deal of trouble. In fact, his life was pretty much falling apart. David's oldest son, his name was Amnon, And he raped his half-sister, Tamar. And then Tamar's brother, Absalom, took revenge by murdering Amnon. Jerry Springer-esque for sure. And Absalom uh, flees into exile for lots of years. But later he's permitted to return because he murdered him. And after his return, David refuses to see him for two years because David has all these feelings about all these resentment and all these things that are happening amongst his children. And the resentment builds and Absalom begins to gather the people in the kingdom and says, look, let's overthrow David as king. Let's, uh, let me gather you up. Let me tell you the things about David you don't know. And let's overthrow him. And his own son led a rebellion against him. And many of David's previous friends and associates turned on him and joined the army that would come against him. And listen, David is afraid. Fear has come for a visit. And in this time, he writes Psalm 3. And I want to read to you the whole psalm. Uh, It's eight verses. Actually, I asked Pastor Daniel if he would come and just read it for us today. So this is Psalm 3 in its entirety. And as he reads it, I want you to think about uh, David in fear writing this.
0: Lord, how many are my foes, and how many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. And I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord. Deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. So may your blessings be on your people.
1: Okay, so let's dig into Psalm 3 and a few specific ways that David modeled praying through fear. Okay, the first one is uh, you bring your fears to God. That's what we did. That's what we did this morning. So we modeled step one. But how many of you would agree Fear has a way of blowing things out of proportion. Particularly when fear lives inside your head, it grows into a monster, right? It grows into something uh, that isn't really real. Fear and anxiety lie to us, straight. That's what they do. They lie to us. They cripple us with the what-ifs of the situation. And when fear comes for a visit, we have the propensity to exaggerate, overstate, Get carried away or believe things that just aren't true. David's saying, Lord, how many foes are against me? He says, "Um, tens of thousands of of people assail me on every side. We don't know if it was tens of thousands, but it sure felt that way to David. He's like, the whole world is against me. And you know, the enemy of God has this age-old trick. It's called isolation. And if the enemy can get you alone in your own head... Stuck in your own thoughts, telling yourself what you see around you, it can do some major damage, and he will try to keep convincing you that God would never understand, and God doesn't care. If you agree with me, say yes. Yeah, that's happened before. That happens to me. I love Psalm 3.1. David starts out this prayer. He He cries out, Lord. Now, that word in the original language is translated Yahweh, or Adonai, and it means sovereign Lord. I looked it up, and it's the same word that God used to describe himself when Moses encountered the burning bush and was just dumbfounded, and God said through that burning bush, I am who I am. That's the same word that's here, the exact same word David is using. He is calling on the Lord, the great I am. He's saying, Lord, Yahweh, Adonai, Abba, Father, the great I am. You have full control. You are in charge, and I am in fear. You know what's going on, you have solutions, but I have problems. And my foes are rising up against me and people are talking smack about me and my anxiety is making this feel like a much bigger deal than maybe it is. But you have peace because you have all the hope in the world, you are in full control and I want to exchange my fear for what you have to give me. David said all that in one word, Lord. You, I am who I am. Uh, Holy Spirit, you know what I need and you're there. Do you know that we have the ability to pray and ask the Holy Spirit for clarity to see things from God's perspective? What we fear will never be bigger than our God. Never. If it feels like that, it's lying to you. What we fear will never be bigger than our God. So we can bring our fears to the Lord. That's what David did. That's what we just did during worship. You all wrote your fears on these canvases. And praying through fear means that you can continue to bring your fears to God when they arise. Okay, that's the first step. Now, let's look at uh, Psalm 3.3. So he continues. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. So here's the second thing we can learn from David in praying through fear is that we should praise God in the midst of fear. When you are afraid, worship. Now, some of you are like, I know this, but do you do it? We know things, but do we do them? When you are fearful, put on that worship music. Go before the Lord to thank him, praise God in the middle of those moments, because in the middle of those moments, it ushers in an immediate sense of his presence. And when we begin to praise God, it changes our perspective from fear and panic to worship and to trust. This is what David's doing in Psalm 3.3. He says, the Lord is a shield around me. We, we find this word picture in other psalms as well. We also see it in Ephesians 6 as part of the spiritual armor of God. In fact, while we were worshiping, uh, Jess came up to me and said, I think I have something to share today, and it's about the shield of faith. And I said to her, the Holy Spirit already told me that. I'm about to say it right here. And so the Lord confirmed that in us, that, that he is speaking today about a shield of faith. It means that God is our protector and our defender. And what Jessica said today to me was, even when those arrows feel like they're hitting and my heart is on fire, God is doing something with that. He's working. He's doing something with my pain. He's doing something with my fear. And he shields us when we're afraid. I love how David personalizes it. He says, you're a shield around me. God is never very far away, even in your fear. Fear would like you to think he is very far. Fear would like you to think you are all alone in isolation and you have to deal with it. But God is saying, no, 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 I'm your shield. And David's reminding himself that. He's giving God praise for that. He goes on to say, um, to call the Lord his glory. You know, David, he's a well-known, he's an acclaimed king. He's acknowledging here, I really believe, that his identity is with the Lord only. He's saying, look, uh, I, people know me, I'm a king, I have all these uh, battles behind me, I have all the success, but the Lord gives David purpose and worth, and only the Lord. You know, fear would lie to us and say things like this, um, when everything around us is falling apart, when our marriage is a mess, or our business is failing, or maybe we're fighting an addiction, or we can't quite get over a sin issue, that somehow we aren't important or we aren't valued anymore. In fact, uh, maybe fear would say you don't even deserve to be in the house of God. You don't deserve the good things in your life. But you know what? Fear lies. Fear is a liar. That's all fear does is lie to you until you believe it. And so what David is saying here is God is and will always be our glory. He is the only one who defines us. He is the only one who gives us identity. And so no matter whether you succeed or fail, no matter whether things look good on the outside or on the inside, fear will tell you that you don't have any, uh, any value or any identity, but the glory of the Lord would say, look, I am the only one that gives you value and I never change. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, give God some thanks for that. Okay, maybe this is my favorite one though. In one little verse, David tells us so much. David gives God praise because God is the one who lifts his head. Now, that term, to lift up the head, is actually a Hebrew expression for restoring someone who is embarrassed or who is shamed. Uh, Someone maybe who is broken or someone who is fearful. Here's something I really wanna bring some clarity to this morning. Fear is not a sin. Okay. It is an emotion. Okay. Fear is not a sin. It's an emotion. You aren't doing anything wrong. If you're dealing with anxiety or fear, okay, you are not a bad Christian. You are not weak. If you are human, fear comes for a visit sometimes. And I think sometimes what the enemy does is is gives us shame in reference to our struggle of anxiety or in reference to our struggle in fear. And I want to remind you that guilt and embarrassment about this issue is not from Jesus. In fact, God shames shame. That's what God does. That's what Jesus did on the cross. He shamed shame. Shame does not come from the Holy Spirit. Shame comes from a different spirit. And this is what David is saying here. He's saying, oh, lifter of my head, the God who shames shame, the God who takes my heavy heart and reminds me I can be free in the Lord. Lord, you lift my head. You you release my shame. David is praising God for that, and we should too. Now, anxiety and fear is not a sin, but it can lead to sinful behavior. And you got to watch that. You do need to be mindful of that. For example, sometimes to numb our fear or numb our anxiousness, we binge on food or alcohol or Netflix or YouTube TV or Hulu or whatever all those other options are. Okay, just apply it to yourself. That is sin. Because God should be the person that we go to with that. Sometimes we're angry or hurtful or impatient with others because our insides are so tumultuous. If you mistreat someone because you have anxiety, that's sin, you can't do that. Sometimes fear can make us bail out of relationships we should stick with. Or fear can allow us to neglect the people in our lives that we love, that's sin. Okay, so anxiety and fear in itself is not sin, but the things it makes us do don't always please the Lord. And so, hear me say this, a part of worship is repentance. A part of worship is saying to God, I am sorry that I'm not trusting you fully on this issue. I am sorry that I treated that person that way because I feel fearful, do you see what I'm saying? And so, repenting of your fear and anxiety, there's a place for that in the kingdom of God. It's not the emotion you're repenting of, it's the way that emotion makes you act or say or do or not believe. So you can say to the Lord, forgive me, help me trust you more, help me walk in more faith. And let me tell you what, repentance dislodges fear. Repentance dislodges fear. So when you're worshiping, it's, it, yes, it's coming down to the front, it's sitting at your seat, it's worshiping God, it's praising him, but it's also repenting. It's also saying, God, I'm sorry that I even keep this fear around because I know I can trust you. And as you repent, it can dislodge Fear. All right, let's keep going. Psalm 3, verse 4. David keeps uh, praying. He keeps showing us how to pray through fear. He says, I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. What's a holy mountain? Well, it's a mountain that's holy. Ah, okay. Anyway, it refers—I <laughs> didn't have that written down. I usually shouldn't say things I don't write down, but anyway. Uh, it actually refers to Mount Zion, which is in Jerusalem. It's an actual mountain, and it's where the Ark of the Covenant was housed, Okay, And the Ark of the Covenant, if you remember, was uh, the place where God's presence dwelled. It would be similar to um, if we said, I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from heaven. Right? Because a lot of times we think that's where God is. He's everywhere, but we, we think, oh, he's in heaven. So this is what David is saying. I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. And we know that David heard the Lord in some way, shape, or form. He didn't say exactly how, but he does say the Lord answered him. So we know that. And one of the most powerful ways that we can hear God's voice is to add fasting to our prayer. And that's what we've been talking about starting our fasting tomorrow on Monday and going through the week. But we can fast to defeat fear. Let me just tell you a little bit about fasting. God doesn't require us to fast, but he rewards those who choose to. Matthew 6 talks a lot about fasting. It describes how our spiritual capacity will grow. We will see God's intentions. We will see his reality more clearly. We'll see his perspective. In fact, sometimes our fears are turned when we fast because all of a sudden we, that exaggeration and that feeling of not sure what's happening, we can actually see the clarity of where God is and what he's doing. You can fast from many different things. Uh, The idea is to give something up that takes up time or attention in your life. Something that you will miss when it isn't there anymore in place of the thing that you gave up. And then you add in prayer or more Bible study, or more time invested in your spiritual life. So it can be all food. It can be some food. It can be food after a certain time. It can be coffee. It can be TV. It can be social media. It can be so many things. Here's the idea. You have to get before the Lord and say, Lord, what is it that you want me to take out of my life this week so that I can hear you better, so that I can see you better? Because when we fast, we position ourselves for a breakthrough. The Lord told me that, some of you are here today and you have been asking God for a release from some of these fears. You have, you, you, you taken them before the Lord. You have maybe even praised through it, but this is your step. God is saying that he wants you to position yourself for a breakthrough. And when you fast and when you say less of me and more of God, when you actively petition him for the fulfillment of the breakthrough, you will have this point You'll put yourself in a position that God can break through. Now, the whole idea is not just to experience the victory, but to get to know the one who gives us the victory. So that's why we fast and pray, is because we want to know God more, the one who can give us the breakthrough. And I want to really encourage you this week, starting tomorrow, ending Friday, to engage in this fast. Specifically, if you have a stubborn fear in your life that you just need to get rid of, You don't want it anymore. You've asked the Lord to take it. You want to get through it. I want you to pray through it this week and fast so it can break, so it can break off of you, so something can change. Ask someone to keep you accountable for the fast. Let's do this together. Just say, okay, pastor. That was kind of weak. Let's try it again. Okay, pastor. We're going to do it. We're going to pray more and we're going to fast to defeat our fear. And God is going to do something incredible in it. All right, let's look at Psalm 3-5. Uh, so then David says, I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. You know, I think it's interesting that David talks about sleep in this psalm about fear uh, because I don't know about you, but sleep is often the first thing to go when we're fearful, isn't it? Rest, sleep, uh, feeling calm, feeling calm. Uh, In fact, I know I do sometimes. I know many of you just lay in bed at night. Do you ever just, you're like laying there and it just keeps going, like won't even stop, just goes and goes and goes. And you're thinking, I really need to sleep. And then the more you think about needing to sleep, the more anxious you are, you can't sleep. And then the clock is ticking and then you're, oh my goodness, I got to do all these things tomorrow. And so David says, listen, I lie down, I sleep. Then I wake up, then I do it again. (laughs) And, And what I love, what David is saying, so simple here. He's saying, listen, I can sleep, not because the fear went away, but because God is with me in the fear. He's saying, I lie down, I sleep, and I do it again. There's still an army out there. They're still plotting to kill me. Uh, They're still coming after me. But I lie down and sleep. I wake up, and I do it again. Because I remember, this is number four, remember God is with you. 1 Peter 5, 7 is a great verse about fear and anxiety. It says this, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And I got to thinking that oftentimes uh, when we cast our anxiety or give our fear to God in prayer, we're expecting him to fix it. Right? Like God, we told you the problem please send a solution in five to seven business days. (laughs) If you're Amazon Prime, one to three. And, you know, I told you the problem. I cast my care on you. I cast my anxiety on you. We want change. But look at this scripture. Uh, Put it back up there, would you? First Peter 5, 7. The scripture doesn't say, cast all your fear on Jesus because he will fix it. The scripture says, give it to God so he can care about it. Give it to God so he can care about it. You know, I think we often translate caring equals fixing. Caring equals comfortability. Caring means God, take all the stuff I don't like in my life away. Make it easy. Make it painless. This is frustrating. Please take it away. This is a problem I have. Please take it away. And when God doesn't do that, we accuse him of not caring. But God's promise here is that if you give your fears to him, he will come be with you in them. That's that promise. It's not cast your cares on Jesus and he'll fix it all. It's if you cast your care on him, he will come and be with you. Maybe he'll bring a solution with him. Maybe he won't. But mostly he will come and he will sit with you in the middle of the fear. And he will care about it. He will care about it. He will care about it deeper than anyone in the whole world can care about it. And so we often pray, Jesus, you need to fix this right now. And Jesus says, listen, you don't worry about anything because I'm taking care of you today. And I'm going to take care of you tomorrow. And I'm taking care of you forever. And all of our prayers are heard even when we don't feel or see anything change. You know, we can't measure our prayers by how we feel when we pray them. Remember, God is with you. God's with you when you're afraid. And that can change everything. All right, let's go to the very last verses in Psalm 3, 6 through 8. He closes with these verses. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. This is my favorite one break their teeth, you know, (laughs) like break the teeth of the wicked. David's getting a little emotional. That's my fear. My teeth getting broken. I should have put that on there. Verse eight, from the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. Here's what David does. He calls on the name of the Lord. David says, arise, Lord. It's your name that delivers me. And here's my fifth Thing that we learn in Psalm 3 when we pray through fear, we can speak the name of Jesus to fear. We can speak the name of Jesus to fear. In another Psalm, David wrote Psalm 54, he says something similar Save me, O God, by your name. Why is Jesus' name so powerful? Well, Jesus brings eternal salvation. Jesus conquers the enemy. Jesus diminishes fear. Jesus is our comforter. He's our counselor. He's our strength. He's our rock. He's our protector. He's our power. And when we call upon the name of Jesus, the one God has exalted as the name above all names, he goes before us and he contends with our fear. Verse 8, David says, from the Lord comes deliverance. He wasn't depending on troops. He wasn't depending on wise counsel. He wasn't depending on military strategy. David was saying victory from this fear will only come from God alone. So God arise and salvation should come. That's what he's praying. And when we pray through fear... We can speak the name of Jesus to your fear. Literally, to your fear. Here's your fear. You wrote it down. You know exactly what it is. You speak the name of Jesus to that fear. And his blood covers and conquers all of our fear.
2: And I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus And I just want to speak the name of Jesus till every dark addiction starts to break there is hope and there is freedom, I speak, Jesus. Because your name is power, your name is healing. For my family, I speak
0: for listening to the eerie first podcast we'd love it if you give us a rating and a review on your podcast app and please subscribe so you never miss a message you can follow eerie first on facebook or instagram or visit eeriefirst.org for all our latest news announcements and information thanks again for joining us we'll see you next time